right. I want to tell you about a, an event that is coming up. That is, um, let me make sure I get my uh, my details correct here. That is coming up in December, and it will be at the uh, uh, the, the backwater Fogois of uh, Ross McKnight, um, and it is a fundraiser. Now, of course, what did I do with it? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I had gremlins in here all over the place. Celebrity chef Andrew Gruel will be cooking. That's a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. um, you can get tickets. I'll get you the uh, the uh, the website for the uh, for the tickets in just a moment. But the fundraiser is for the, and I'm just going to give you the, um, the the website address. It's MarianFriarsMinor.com. For the uh, the Marion Friars Minor, who are led by a gentleman who who goes by the name Friar Anthony. Most people that follow Friar Anthony call him Fra or Fry Anthony. Uh, he's been a guest on this show twice previously, and uh, he is actually going to be with the Friars Minor at the fundraiser on December the 9th of this year of our Lord, 2020, 2023. Uh, Fry Anthony is on the Dude Maker Hotline here with us here today, and it's always a privilege and a joy to talk with you, Fra. How are you? Good. How are you, Mike? Good to talk to you. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. It, it, it's always it's great to hear from you, um, uh, and it's all, it's even uh, uh, greater to hear from you that you're coming back to Louisiana. Yeah, well, we it's, we try to get down there a couple times a year, and so the Immaculate Conception is the time we come down for our second one. So we'll be down there for our third order, and then they've decided to try to help us get electricity, and so that's the whole point of this this nice little. Um, dinner out on the farm is to try to give the poor friars electricity. We're starting a little building thing, so we're trying to get a friary to live in because we have too many vocations. We have three guys living in closets right now, so we've got to try to get them rooms. But you guys are Franciscans. You really don't need electricity. And I'm kind of joking about that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We, we, we actually considered it for a while, but then the thing is, is that we actually... Uh, you know, nowadays you use the the electronics by way of uh, we try to keep up with the people and try to keep helping the formation. Our third order now has grown to over 350 people uh, over the all over the world. We only started three years ago, and um, that's without really even promoting it. So it's just been incredible. And I think one of the reasons that's so important is because people today, as you know from your own station, like we know we have to do something. Mm. Things just kind of going bad, but what's the proper response? Is it complaining about it? We all know that doesn't work. Uh, but sanctification always does. That always works. And so the third order is something that traditionally almost all Catholics were part of the third order, St. Francis. Uh, the, the popes from Pius IX to, to Pius XII, they were all friends, third order Franciscans. Um, and so it was a very common thing. Saint, uh, people don't realize it, but like uh, St. John Bosco. He was a third order Franciscan, and he was because his mother was. Uh, just you just joined when you were fourteen years old, and you followed the rule, and it was a beautiful thing. So we see it more as a way of trying to combat the evil that's going on. And you know, the, the Franciscans, everybody knows, Saint Francis was was told to go and rebuild the church, 
a church that was falling into ruin. And even to this day, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you go out to St. John Lateran Church in Rome and you and you stand in front of it, all the way across the street on the other side, there's a big bronze statue there, St. Francis with his hands in the air. If you get behind that statue and you look, you can see his hands on both sides of the pillar of the front door of St. John Lateran Church. And that's a sign kind of what the base of the charism of the Franciscan. People don't believe that now because they think they're all into petting bunnies and, and social justice. But the real, the real Francis was the one that was, he was a warrior. He was, he was a knight. He wanted to be a knight. And so what we have to do is rebuild. And what you see the best and most effective way is through holiness. And that's kind of what the third order is. And so that's why we'll be down there. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, we, we probably do want to have more than just a primitive hermitage that we live in because we're actually using it as like, you could almost say a type of headquarters for trying to keep people's focus on God for rebuilding the church. And so the first step we have to do is build something that we can live in to keep building. But then everything around us, the reason we're moving on to this little property, it's just down below where we are now, okay. to build a place of prayer to bring people to us so that they can pray in a Catholic setting. And I was told uh, when I when I spoke to Ross yesterday, I'll, I'll give it to you in the French, les couvents n'est nulle part. So <laughs> uh, that means we're not going to discuss where the uh, where where the uh, the friary is going. Fra, I never got a chance to thank you um, for um, you'll. I'm sure you will remember this. It was I believe two years ago. Well, it'll be three three year, uh, three years this coming February. I was making the trip from uh, Madisonville here to where I'm at in Longville, uh, just north of Lake Charles, which I know you're familiar with. And one of your uh, one of your third orders that sent me, uh, Gretchen, sent me a link. She goes, Mike, you need to listen to this talk from Fra. And I had a long drive ahead of me, and, and I said, sure, okay, absolutely. <laughs> so I queued Fra Anthony up, and I never got the chance to, to, to see you, because I haven't seen you, and thank you for it. It was your talk about, I, I want to say it was the five stages of mortification. And it really, I had never heard it put the way that you put it. It was so elegant, Fra, and it, it, it really it motivated me um, uh, in the, uh, towards mortify, uh, more mortifications. But what you said about how, hey, you don't get to choose martyrdom, guys. God will choose that for you. Don't don't be out there aspiring to become martyrs because I think a lot of people think things are so bad uh, that they need to become martyrs, and uh, uh, and uh, that, that stuck with me just the way that that you that 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 you said that you do you recall that talk? Yeah, I actually talked about it. We just we had a one of our third order meetings on Saturday, and I actually talked about it again there. The point is that if people are faithful to their state in life. Um, and, and the striving for holiness, they will live a martyrdom. Uh, but people, this, see, the thing is, is when people don't get what they want, they actually whine against God and say, he doesn't hear me, he doesn't love me. Those are all blasphemy. God can't not love you. He can't not hear you. So, but, 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 but actually doing God's will and always being, making ourselves available to him as he wills it and not how we will it, there's a type of martyrdom you have to live because essentially to grow in virtue, that is, to strive for the holiness of God that he wants us to be, because, you know, we're told to be perfect, like he's perfect. To strive for that holiness, you actually have to die. You have to die to yourself. 
And that's where people just, they, they get to a point where they just don't want to do that. So martyrdom, we are all called to. Um, it's part of our confirmation grace. But the greatest martyrdom we could do is to live a life of holiness because it's a lifelong martyrdom instead of just like, hey, I just show up, the Muslims cut off my head and go straight to heaven. I mean, it's almost like cheating. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. God gives it to special souls to get to go do that. But most of us won't get to face that. But we all have the opportunity to face true martyrdom. Because St. Augustine, um, you know, St. Saint, Saint just talks about how all the saints in heaven, because you see it in Apocalypse, they all have palm branches in their hands. Well, the palm branch is always a sign of martyrdom. So that means you're either a martyr of blood or a patient. So, but to get to heaven, you have to be a martyr. It was a wonderful talk. I assume it's probably it's available on your uh, Marion Friars Minor website under the under the uh, the media tab. Yeah, if you go in there, I I know not all the talks are up there, but there are quite a few talks on there. We try to put them up because you know the whole purpose of the talks are really to kind of a lot of people can't get spiritual direction now, and we're not trying to say we're people's spiritual director, but we do want to put out things there that. Uh, help people in the spiritual life. And so that's all those talks are for. You'll find that we don't get into polemics. We're not talking about all the things they talk about in the world because we don't really know about that stuff. So we talk about spiritual theology uh, and and, uh, the science of getting to heaven, loving God, and prayer. So a lot of that stuff can be found. We're starting to try to get a little bit more organized. We're starting to try to put the stuff in like categories and things so people can access things that might be more pertinent to them right now instead of just kind of fishing through everything. Um, so little by little, we're trying to we're trying to get that. But yeah, there's quite a few on there that are ready to go. I'm speaking with uh, the gentleman known as Fra Anthony, Friar Anthony of the Marion Friars Minor. There's a big event coming up December the 9th. You're all invited to make travel arrangements and come attend. It's an evening on the farm with the Friars, benefiting the, uh, the Marion Friars Minor. Join Fra Anthony, the Marion Friars Minor, and Chef Andrew Gruel Saturday, December the 9th at Backwater Fogois in southeast Louisiana. All of you know Ross McKnight, who was a had many, many times a guest here on the uh, Mike Church Show and on the Crusade Channel. Uh, the fundraiser is to aid the Marion Friars Minor. And as Fry said, as they build their friary for the love of God, um, uh, it'll be a great dinner. Uh, Ross says you'll have a couple of tents out there. It's a beautiful time of year, usually in Louisiana. It'll be mild and chilly, we hope. Not cold, mild and chilly. And, of course, you come out and, out and uh, you can meet Ross. Uh, I will be in attendance, uh, many others, I'm sure, uh, the, the Marion Friars Minor. And uh, and Fra Anthony, Fra, let, let me um, let, let me ask you about something that uh, that you that you said about rebuilding uh, uh, the church and about the third order. Three hundred and forty members of the uh, of the third order. Uh, I know many of them because I see them at mass with their uh, large scapulars on. Um, and I know that it's changed a lot of lives. Can you ex- tell our listeners what a third order? Franciscan, I mean, what, what does that entail? What, 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 what would you do how, and how you would do it? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's very misunderstood here in America. So one of the things we're trying to do, I should say post-Vatican II, people really don't understand what a third order is. They think it's basically like a group of people that like to associate with Franciscans or they like to associate with Carmelites or like to associate with Dominicans. What, what, a, what a third order is, what the Pope say, 
is no one had ever envisioned something like this until St. Francis. And what St. Francis envisioned was making everyone religious. Meaning, religion means to bind oneself to God. And so we religious, the first, we make vows where we, we bind ourselves to God through our vows. Well, people in the world that have families can't make a vow. I mean, if, if you still want to have children and, and not have your wife be mad at you, you still have to have a, you can't make a vow of chastity. If you have to own possessions, you can't make a vow of poverty. Obedience, uh, you could probably do in some capacity, but it's more difficult. So w- w- what St. Francis wanted to do was develop a type of, or offer a type of religious life to lay people according to their state in life. It actually was so powerful because because they were religious, they were true secular religious, they weren't allowed to bear arms. Now, you have a bunch of listeners who say, oh, no, we can't bear arms. I like to shoot guns. What it meant was they weren't allowed to bear (laughs) arms just for, like, their landlord, who said, because you remember the feudal system, just to bear arms for the landlord to go fight for him so he has more land. They weren't allowed to do that. They could fight for their family. They could fight for the country. They could fight for the church. But they couldn't just go fight for somebody because some guy said, I need more land, okay? So they weren't allowed to bear arms for unjust reasons. So that stopped. It's attributing, it's one of the things that attributed to stopping the feudal system because almost all the lay people that they were striving for holiness thought to be in the third order and they were, they were actually considered religious. So that's what we're trying to do is re, we're trying to re-enliven the third order by, we started a new one. This isn't the official third order of St. Francis under the OFM or anything. It's a brand new de facto group of people that if they want to follow the rule of St. Francis, we're, we're providing the formation and helping them understand what it means to actually be a group of people who are living as secular religious in the world for the, for the, and the, always for the same purposes of religious life, for the glory of God, the salvation of your soul, and the good of your neighbor. That's what it's for, but it, we're, it's not social justice and, and club meetings and things like this. It's about prayer. And uh, the growth in virtue—that's uh, the main focus of what the third order is. And that, if you could get—and so what the popes referred to them as—is the sacred army. And it's interesting because people say, "Well, I'm discerning. I'm thinking about it." And I always tell people, "We just join it." And the reason is because the popes never said anything. There's encyclicals, and they're on my website. If anybody wants to read them, I also gave a talk where I summarize these these encyclicals. If you don't want to read them all, but they're very beautiful encyclicals. Um, just about the third order, one by Benedict XV, one by Pius XI, and one by Leo XIII. They were all for third order Franciscan. Okay. Well, what they say in there is that they, they say that they will that everyone, they don't say like those who discern or think they're called, they say they will that everyone enroll their names in the sacred army. And they even refer to it as something like the new Maccabees. A very incredible thing. It's always warlike language that the popes use for this army of, of souls that consecrate themselves to God in secular religious life. And so we've been spending a lot of time supporting this. We tra- uh, the only time I really travel now is when I'm traveling to support these groups. And we have chapters uh, developing all over the country. And again, we have, we have a couple people in Spain that just joined us in Scotland. We've got a guy in a hut in Thailand. Um, I'll see him on the Zoom meetings. It's a funny thing to watch. We have people in Nigeria. So they're all over Philippines. They're all over the world now. 
uh, Australia, and, but mostly here in America, Canada, and in, and in Mexico. So it's a beautiful thing to be a part of because what I keep getting is information. I get letters from our third order members. I talk to them on the phone. And it's an amazing thing to see how following this rule, very simple form of life, things you should really already be doing, but it's, it's more of um, to give you, to help, to allow you to participate in greater graces in your life. But I've had, I've gotten word from multiple young men who, because the majority of people in our third order are young families and things like right. that. But mm-hmm. I get these young men who say, once they started wearing the cord, because that's part of the habit, cord and the scapular, they said all of their troubles and, and temptations with like impurity seem to like vanish. Now that's not going to happen with everybody, but I've had a number of people tell me that's what happened to them. I think it's a powerful testimony to it. So it's a beautiful remedy, I think, just for the, the woes of the world today to get people to, to do what they're supposed to be doing anyways, and that's sanctifying themselves for God's glory. And it takes your focus off of the pettiness of this world and prepares you for the greatness of the next. Fry Anthony, uh, the Marion Friars Minor on our Dude Maker Hotline here with us here today. Again, we're talking about uh, an evening on the farm with the Friars as they are going to build out uh, their friary and add some electricity to it. And uh, there's a big fundraiser December the 9th at Backwater Fogua. You can get tickets at Donor Box, as D O N O R B O X dot Org. I think if you search for an evening on the farm with the Friars, you'll find the donorbox.org uh, address because there, there's a forward slash and some numbers in there. I'd give it to you, but most of you would forget it. So just an evening on the farm with the Friars um, and then Donorbox and, you, and then you will find it. And I will get an easier link for you because we got a little bit of time, but you need to get your tickets if you're going uh, to attend now to this dinner that's going to be hosted by Chef Andrew Gruel, who appears on the Food Network. Network and uh, I've seen him on many other shows, um, and 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 Fry Anthony is on our uh, Dude Maker Hotline here with us. Fry, the first time I, I met you, you came into my studio in Mandeville, and uh, I saw I, I saw a picture, a photograph of you as you made your way up the California coast, and you went from mission to mission in the true Franciscan way, just trusting that that God was going to provide all that was necessary uh, for you. To, uh, to to make your pilgrimage, um, can you talk to our listeners about uh, the similar or, or, the, or the similar course that they may be going through here in uh, their own, even if they're not third orders or even considering it? We're all seeing the evil, as I have a saying here on this show. The demons are ascended; they come for the children. They won't take no for an answer of, uh, of how they can go on a, a, a sort of daily pilgrimage, if you will, uh, and, and, and pilgrimage with the intention that I want to bring this evil to an end. I want to cooperate with God and with graces and bring this evil to an end. Well, the main thing that happens in pilgrimage is... Uh you trust God. And, and that's just it. Like everyone, you know, people don't like to say, they don't like to talk about our pilgrimage here on earth because after Vatican II, that, that was kind of the, they didn't talk about being the church militant anymore. They talked about the church and pilgrimage and stuff like that. And you see kind of this modernist idea of it in like pilgrimage and like in, in Camino, they say in Italian for arriving at the synods and stuff like that. But it is a beautiful, the, the idea of pilgrim is a beautiful thing, and it shouldn't be looked at as like, this is modern language. No, no, pilgrim 
is someone who's going from point A to point B. And in that point A to point B, they're going to suffer, they're going to have difficulty, but they're doing it for a purpose, and the purpose is for the love of God. So in, in this life, even though all these difficulties we have to face, we still have to face it for the love of God, but the, the, the point of a pilgrim is you don't have anything. You're going on this journey having zero idea what's getting ready to happen next. And I know that you people out there in the world, and I say you people mean people that are stuck out there working your jobs and everything else. We get to be a little bit isolated from it being religious life. We still have our share of it, but not kind of like you all having to face it every single day. But being out there in the world, there's always this trepidation or fear of like, what if this happened? What if that happened? Uh, what about the financial stuff? What about the new COVID that they're going to release? What about this or what about that? It's just, there's always this kind of, trepidation for what's getting ready to happen next, right? Well, pilgrim, I'll tell you, when I was on pilgrimage every single day, because I didn't have any money, I didn't have one of those phones that can tell you where you're going or, uh, you know, help you out when you're lost or anything like that. I didn't make any arrangements. Every day, I just woke up wherever I was given, a, given hospitality, and then I would, I would start off. And I would get, I would start off early in the morning and I knew as I'm walking off the front step of this, of this house or wherever I was, I'm shutting the door, my foot's heading towards the pavement. Once that door's shut, I'm, I'm out there again with no security. I have enough food for lunch and I have no idea where I'm going to be sleeping, what I'm going to be eating for dinner. I have no idea where I'll get my water, where I'll be able to go to the bathroom. I'm just going to go. And you just go and you pray. You would pray and you just keep walking until God just takes care of you. Because in, in Scripture, you know, some people are listening thinking, it's just naive. You know, we got to take care of our needs. It's just, it's naive. <laughs> That's what they are thinking. God's going to just take care of everything. But the fact is, he says it. He says it in Scripture. He says, you have a little faith. He says, don't worry about all of your daily needs. He's like, you know, God will take care of it. He clothes the lilies of the field. All of it's true. I've lived it. I put myself out there on pilgrimage for the simple fact of I didn't know if I believed it. So I knew I had to go on pilgrimage because I did believe it, but I was afraid. I was afraid to do it. So I did it. And I found every day, even when it was impossible to fulfill my needs, he did. And let me give you one story. And I probably gave this to you last time I was there, but let okay. me give you one quick story. So one day I was walking, I was leaving, I left Santa Barbara and I had to be walking up. I was walking on the freeway. You're not allowed to walk on the freeway. And also on the freeway, there's no place to stop. There are no gas stations. There were no houses. There's nothing. So what do I do about water? And I had only one small water bottle. I always use one small water bottle. Well, I finished my water bottle. It was a really hot day and the wind's blasting down. I'm like a semi flying past me. I was extremely tired. I have nowhere to get water. And I was always scared to drink my last drop of water because I felt like, what if this time God doesn't provide for me? So I was always kind of afraid. Even though I saw a miracle, I was still afraid. So I just drank it down and said, God will provide. Even there's no possible way for me to get water now. I can't even knock somebody's door and ask for water. Well, as soon as I drank down that water, I looked up and up at the top of the hill. So I was now walking up a hill on the freeway. A car pulled over. And I just thought, well, you know, pe people pull over, you know, but so I walked past the car and the person got out of the car. Now, remember, I'm in the middle of California and this guy goes, Friar Anthony? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is either 
is my, you know, guardian angel or are you so <laughs> prior Anthony, I was like, yeah, well, it happened to be somebody that I guess people were posting things on Facebook about me and he was something, somebody was interested in the missions and he knew about, I don't know. So he, he drove, he'd been at work all day long. He drove past me, turned all the way around, went all the way back and then pulled over and waited for me. So when I got by, he's fire Anthony, is there anything you need? I'm like, yeah, I need water. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have any water. Uh, but, but, but he's like, well, but, but, let, but let me look. So he walks back with me. He opens up his trunk. Now, remember, he's been at work all day long in the hot sun in California. Um, and then he's just now coming home. So he opens up his trunk. And there, all there is in his trunk is like a little blanket there. And so he pulls up the blanket. And what's underneath the blanket? There was exactly enough water to fill my water bottle. And then, and he's like, I can't believe it. And, and it, I didn't mention, it was ice cold. And then, and then he said, I, ca- I can't believe it. And then as I'm, as I'm just filling up the water bottles, I hear him say, oh my, what's this? And I looked over and I was like, oh, that's wonderful. Because our Lord says, you know, if we, if we seek the kingdom and his holy justice, we'll receive all that we need and besides, right? And I looked over and I said, ah, that's the besides. He had a he had a he had an ice cold one of those small Gatorades one you can just chug down like in one shot mm-hmm. one of those Gatorades it was like an orange one so and I was dehydrated you know I've been hiking so he he's just holding it staring at it in disbelief it's an ice cold small Gatorade and he's just like ah, and I said I just took it from him. I said don't worry about it <laughs> I, just drank, I said yeah these things happen so then I just drank down the Gatorade, had all of my water, all of my, bo- my bottle, and I had a backup bottle because that night I had to sleep on a beach because I had to do this mountain pass the next day. And uh, so I had this extra bottle in, in backup for that. So I filled them both up, got my extra and my besides, the Gatorade, and I went on my way. And the, the man who gave me the water and the Gatorade was in complete disbelief. You see? So God can do that to us wherever we are. He, he can do it to us in our life. He can do it if you're a lawyer or a doctor or, a, or you're the garbage man. He can take care of your family. And people just don't believe that. And that's how, that's how you live your daily pilgrimage here on, on earth. You do what's right. You always do what's right, even if you think it's going to cost you even your life. You do what's right, and God will always take care of you and your family. And that's how you turn your life into a pilgrimage. It's funny because I just gave a talk on uh, Saturday at the St. Benedict Center at the Annual Conference with Brother Andre Marie in the Slave City Immaculate Heart. And Fra, the title of my my talk was, Do You Believe in Miracles? And then, you know, I took a little informal poll and everybody raised their hand and they said yes. And I'm like, but do you really believe in uh, in miracles and i gave the example of saint anthony of padua um when a a child had drowned uh while the mother was hearing a sermon from saint anthony of padua she went home and her child was uh, was drowned and she ran back to the church and uh, and 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 said saint anthony my child is is dead will you come will you come in and and revive him and uh, uh Pretty much uh, repeating what our Lord had said to the uh, to the centurion, um, uh, go home, or, or to the other to the other man who asked him to heal his son, go home, your son liveth. And the woman completely and totally believed him and ran as fast as she could back to her home, <laughs> threw the door open, and there was Junior sitting up, and uh, he certainly was alive. 
And my, my point of the talk was the people that built, for example, Notre Dame de Paris, the people that built the Salzburg Cathedral, the people that built Christendom, they believed in miracles. They believed that St. Joseph of Cupertino actually flew. When they heard about it, they didn't go, like, well, where were the wires? Or did they use computer animation? They, they, they actually believed. There's something to that. There is, I believe, Fra, that that's one of the things that is missing in the modern world the most of. I, I, I think Chesterton had it right when he wrote about the kids and, and the dragons and the fairies. I think my mentor, Brother Francis Maloof, had it right when Brother Francis would talk in, so in many of his lectures and he would say, what does missing to this beautiful, wonderful little Lebanese monk our, our brother, what is missing in the in the modern world after the Enlightenment is the childlike sense of wonder. We need to get the childlike sense of wonder back. And and uh, hearing your miracle story, I, w- I would call it a miracle, or God providing, or we would, however you would term it, just reminds me of the, the talk I gave, a little research I put into it, and, and, and the fact that uh, and it, 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 people need to believe. If you truly believe, then you believe in miracles. You believe what you just said. God will provide. And you have to remember, too, I mean, some people, what I've been noticing here in America is, I don't know if it's just America, I think it's just human nature, but some people get really, um, they think that they don't believe because, because they're worried or they're scared or something like that. That's not, I don't think that's a problem. It's not a problem to be scared. It's not, it's not a problem to be, uh, to be sad. It's not a problem to, to, to worry necessarily because there's a difference between the power of the soul and the weakness of the body. Even though your body's quaking in its, in its boots, it doesn't mean your soul can't dominate that and say, you're, you're going to do this anyway. You're gonna you're gonna believe anyways. Uh, you're not you're you know even though you're sad you're, you're gonna you're gonna have joy anyway. It doesn't keep you from having joy. Tears doesn't keep you from having joy. And sometimes we confuse the effects of the body uh, with the soul. But this but the body's gonna always act the way it, way it does until you get it strong enough to be able to conform more to the to the soul the spiritualized soul. That's essentially what a glorified body is in heaven. And it was our duty to dominate that flesh here on earth by the dignity of the soul. So I think sometimes that's what keeps people. They think they don't believe because they have, they have this fear that comes from their nature. And I think when people, as long as they spend their time actually trying to enter more deeply into prayer and being more closely united to our Lord and, and just following him, even if they don't trust, just doing it anyways, they're going to start seeing that, they, they can take these leaps of faith with our Lord, even when their whole body's quaking in fear, because that doesn't mean that they don't believe. Wow. Uh, Friar Anthony, uh, Friar Anthony, uh, if you want to learn more about the, the Third Order and uh, about their apostolate, you can go to their website. They actually have the uh, uh, the electricity to, uh, to put a website together. The address is Marion Friars Minor. Dot com. That's Marion Friner, Friars Minor. Dot com. And the event that Fra is going to be a, a, a kind of co-hosting with Ross McKnight at Backwater Fogwa on December the 9th, 
the uh, URL to the tickets, and it's in the chat room at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. We will add it to the transcript from the, uh, from the show today. So if you're looking for it and you can't remember what I'm about to tell you, if you go to crusademax.com, when we post the, the audio from the show later today, uh, this URL uh, will be uh, part of the notes. I'll give it to you now. Donor box d-o-n-o-r box b-o-x donorbox.org forward slash events forward slash five zero zero five three five again donorbox.org forward slash events five zero zero five three five well fry i won't keep you because i know that you are a praying friar and you have a friary to run um as i said when uh, when we greeted each other again it's always a, a pleasure and it's a good day in my life when i get to talk to uh, any of the friars but certainly with you and i look forward to seeing you i will be there on december the 9th and uh, very much forward to seeing you maybe you can come by uh, our, our studio in madisonville if you have a spare moment maybe the friday before or the monday after we can visit and and, and uh, uh, do a show in person. Yeah, you just let me know. I would be honored to. It would be great. He is Fry Anthony, or Friar Anthony, um, as always. Uh, Friar Anthony, uh, pray for our little radio apostolate here, and we're going to pray for yours. I'm going to ask everyone to keep the Friars minor in, in your prayers, and I would ask the brothers, the Friars, uh, please keep our little, you know, we're trying to do what uh, St. Paul, uh, Paul, Paul, uh, John Paul II said, sanctify the temporal spear. We're not, we don't do Catholic radio here. We do the best radio in the world. It just happens to be performed by Catholics. And that's, that's right. our kind of our, our charism here. So um, uh, keep us in your prayers, Fra. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for your prayers. We greatly appreciate it. You better believe it. I'll see you in December. Okay. God willing. Good. We look forward to it. God bless you. Okay. God bless you too. That's uh, Fra Anthony from the Friars Minor.